Welcome to Adults Only Comedy Berlin. Today we have Carl Pinzon Bastillo. Bastillo. Bustillo. Bustillo. Bustillo or Bustillo? Bustillo. Bustillo. Because you're from Colombia. Colombia. Hola, si. Ay. So you're like the biggest red flag to me ever. Oh, yeah, right. You have a history with our people. And on behalf of our people, I'm sorry. <laughs> the reputation of Colombian men uh well um, men yeah and we'll say just men that's what I married I married a Colombian man yeah all right yeah. so um my memories of my time as a man in Colombia were very gay um secret, so you were you secretly were... gay no se secretly gay you know like uh well if somebody else sucks my cock then I'm not gay or oh, yeah, <clears throat> that yeah. kind of like double like, standard like a, a whole like you're one of your hole is a hole like if you're just fucking a butthole it's not just because it's on a guy doesn't make me gay precisely it's it was very fluid but at the same time you had to show that you were a man you know it, yeah. it, it was the it was the oh, yeah, fuck that butthole like yeah, a man yeah, yeah yeah that kind of that that kind of politic like if you see a hole fill it <laughs> <laughs> just you know it's like good tradesman skills you know i just want to just want to fill all the holes filling holes that's uh, that's a thing that colombian men are known for that and their ability to um pout pout oh you know like uh, or um, um what is it what is it again what's that word that i'm looking for uh be spoiled brats yeah be, be a little <laughs> bit of a brat but not in that way but just like uh whine a lot Instead of just like communicating emotions. Very good. Yes. And that's then, exactly uh, right. At mama's voice. Oh my God. Forever. Am I describing your ex-husband? You are describing my ex-husband. <laughs> yes. But like a mama's boy, but like, you know, like not a lot of respect for mama, but a mama's boy. That's another thing. Like the relationship with family, with uh, Colombian guys is uh, traumatic, uh, torment, tormentous, and mm -hmm. uh, at best times is... Uh, diplomatic mm -hmm. in, in, in a political way like you have to be in contact with your family because mm -hmm. either they give you money or they supply you with something so you have to keep like this facade yeah that's taken some times to heal i had to i had to mend the relationship with my mom just to be able to have any kind of relationship with people because uh, mm. if you don't have like that relationship clear in your life oh, that's that's my opinion if i didn't have that relationship clear in my life or if I didn't like break up with my original couple mm -hmm. in a yes. way that would be like healthy and that would be sustainable, I will be repeating the same relationship over and Absolutely. over and over again. Absolutely. If if everyone actually repaired or not repaired but looked at honestly their relationships with their parents, then they would stop fucking people who represent the worst characteristics of their parents or who you know set up that same dynamic that yeah you have with your parents like for instance the the image of the of the troubled man with the beer and the depression mm. like the man that needs to needs saving and needs fixing mm. i i played that along my 20s and, and i was, fucked that a lot in my 20s I, well you know it's my uh, i don't mean to i don't mean to bring my therapist to this but my <laughs> therapist told me once uh, do you believe in love at first sight and I'm like, of course, it's happened to me more than once. Mm -hmm. Like, well, let me tell you something about love at first sight. When you are in a room and you see somebody on the other side of the room and you identify with that person, what's happening is that your emotional wounds and this person's emotional wounds are actually like 
attracting each other mm -hmm. because whether you like it or not, the the universe or this plane of existence is made of waves and you are vibrating on that level mm -hmm. and they are vibrating on that level. So of course you're gonna recognize yourself mm -hmm. and you're gonna start identifying from your wounds and what you're gonna be doing with this person who gives you this moment of solace is going like, but why does it hurt like that? And this person is going, I don't know, why does it hurt like that? Mm -hmm. And nobody's going to be able to solve each other's uh, equations or Rubik's Cube. Is there, love, is there love at first sight where it's actually like you see what you want and the other person sees what they want, where it's more, um, you know, you've worked, you've sifted through your problems, you're aware of what what your issues are and you actually know what you're looking for does does that love at first sight happen oh my god but i i identify that with uh i'm i'm just gonna talk in uh, in images now like mm. we're talking about holes people mm. like filling holes um imagine you see that hole and you think that you can fill that hole with you you see that mm -hmm. hole in somebody else and you're like mm -hmm. i know what i'll do i'll put more of me on that person and then mm -hmm. what what I what I discover with myself is that the more that I put of myself on another person's uh, um, existential hole, the more I lost myself a little bit. Oh, totally, totally. That it doesn't work like that. It needs to be a partnership where each are independent and you have fun together, but you're working on your own things and you can see each other's pain, but you don't have to. You know, it's not your responsibility the pain. You're just you know you can understand it. You can talk about it, you can be empathetic about it, but it's always like a personal um, journey. For me, the journey was to understand that I have a hole in my existence. It's never going to be filled. The only thing that I can do with my hole is just like rub it around with a thumb. Why will it never be filled? Well, because um, my, my process has led me to the understanding that I don't need to fill that hole anymore. Okay. That I can just live with a hole in me. There's so many butthole jokes that I'm thinking of right uh, Exactly. Now. <laughs> That's, I, look, you remember that I, before we went into lockdown, um, I, I had like a thing about uh, buttholes. Like I did, I did a thing about uh, eating a joke, ass. I, a like bit. Like three minutes about eating mm -hmm, ass on yeah. stage. And I have extended that so much uh, into capitalism and how capitalism mm -hmm. teaches you that you have to like fill that hole with things like mm -hmm. buy stuff have uh, experiences, drugs, books, drugs mm -hmm. whatever. Just like do things, do things. If this is who I am, if I have a hole, an existential hole, what I'm going to do is I'm going to lubricate this hole and I'm going to play with it. Because my sexual experience, my whole experience with BDSM has taught me that just because you see a hole doesn't mean that you have to fill it. Yeah. Unless somebody else tells you like, can you play with it? And mm -hmm. sometimes playing with a hole means... Uh, expanding it making it bigger and not just like filling it or filling it with two things or filling both holes or you know <laughs> yeah. just like licking that hole playing yeah. with your finger with that hole like, there's so many more things that you can do with a hole other than just fill, fill it yeah okay i like this i like i like buttholes as a metaphor for like personal trauma and uh seeking seeking understanding and partnership okay so you talked about um your nesting partner why do you use the term nesting partner because uh they are a bird they are a bird <laughs> is that like an old school uh chauvinistic term for a female yeah, yeah. no 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 maria is actually non-binary like me um so you guys are both 
you guys are poly non-binary. Yes. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm uh, I'm trying to embrace that 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 my my lifestyle is gonna give a lot of comedians a lot of material to talk about. Don't you hate it about those people who talk about their partners or a stay and you're thinking all the time, do they have a penis? Do they have a vagina? Or well, oh, there's like Freddie's bit where she's like, fucking people in open relationships, they're just greedy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Or like my stepfather, when I came out as Polly, he was so proud of me. He was just like, good job. You're getting so all of many, it. So how many people are you seeing? Oh, that's great. I wish I could do that with your mom. I was like, dude, you're still my stepdad. <laughs> we have this good relationship. I feel like I feel like there was um, unofficially. If mom, if you're listening, I don't know. Maybe my memory's wrong, but I feel like my stepdad was also a bit like, oh wow. So like, you're just fucking a bunch of people, and you're married. That's so cool. That's like, so cool. He didn't say that. That's so cool. But I could see the twinkle in his eyes. But then, like, still sort of echoing um, or reflecting the same sentiment of my mother, which was like, but is this safe? And is your heart safe you know that that concern of non-monogamy oh yeah 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 i mean i jumped into the the non-monogamy wagon when i moved to berlin because i was on a bar and i was hit upon uh, approach by a beautiful woman like very regal you know not Mm -hmm. not a club chick not Mm -hmm. like this kind of party person but like an office person mm-hmm. with a, uh, I, I I like people with um, with things that make me go like oh what's that and this person had um, vitilo like uh, white patches on her body uh-huh, uh-huh. and she was just amazing and we started kissing and I started just like getting things and the first thing that she told me was like by the way I have a husband mm-hmm. I was like oh okay so does he know you're here yeah we're we're non-monogamous I'm like what's that and this person was like my gateway for that. And then I had a short relationship with this person where her husband was aware. Uh, her husband wasn't involved, but he knew knew about me. Mm-hmm. I remember one time that I went to her house. Um, he had left like a join behind for me to enjoy. And I thought, like, wow, that's really cool. That was something that I will do. And prior to that, I was married to a, uh, to a German person in Leipzig. And the relationship ended because this person thought that I needed more than one person in my life. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, I really didn't know anything about non-monogamy. And mm-hmm. my state of mind was just like, you know, we'll, we'll be together. And if you need to be with somebody else, that's fine. I'm not jealous. I don't care. And it didn't work the other way around. One day we were in a spa and everybody was naked. Mm-hmm. And I told uh, my then wife... Uh, can you imagine when we we're like 55 and we we're like in a sauna and we start like swinging around with other people and my ex-wife started crying. I'm like, why would you say that to me? Why would you think that we need something else in our life? So from mm-hmm. monogamy to meeting this person, it opened mm-hmm. my eyes to, wow, what's this? And I started going down that rabbit hole and I started experimenting with relationship anarchy, mm-hmm. which is like... Um, multiple multiple relationships with no hierarchy but then when i met maria <laughs> that's horrible that's, that's so stressful relationship anarchy that just sounds like hell that sounds like no no but like it, it just sounds like yeah getting thrown into like how many ways could you hurt people like it just and hurt yourself it just seems 
It seems like a battle. Uh, it, it really seems like some some circle of hell where it's just. Well, you like... have to differ- Sorry, you have to differentiate between like hedonism, which is fucking around and mm. not having any responsibility mm. with the emotions of somebody, mm. and then relationship anarchy, which is somebody who says like, you know, I might just live on my own, or I might live in a house with more than one partner. But when I met Maria. One of the first things that they told me was that they were looking for a for an esteem partner, and I was like, "Well, what is that?" Mm-hmm. Like, well, somebody I can like form a family with, have like a nucleus that I can come back to, mm-hmm. but at the same time, have mm-hmm. uh, a polycule is what that's called, which is like a molecule with with different oh, centers. So cool. Oh, Carl. So this is this is basically it's funny. I moved. So I had this open relationship, marriage, open marriage. And I left this Colombian husband of mine because uh, he was too jealous. There were lots of problems in the relationship. It wasn't just um, that like he wanted the open relationship. I'd never considered non-monogamy, not since I was like 16. My, I think my second ever boyfriend in high school, uh, he was like, let's have an open relationship because I just got a blowjob yesterday. And I was like, yeah, OK. <laughs> Um, Great! So, yeah, <laughs> Thank you. This, this this is working for me. Um, I'm glad it's working out for you. Your dick's tasting way better. Um, and so uh, I hadn't considered. I hadn't. Yeah. And then at one point, uh, my very first like real boyfriend after high school, we had a moment where we were in an open relationship. Um, but that was just in one of those moments where it was like I don't, like I broke up with him, and then it was just based on sort of insecurity of like letting something go, and then I fucked around and kept it nice and hidden like an open relationship in my mind worked and then we were out one night together and then he went home with a girl that he was dancing with and I was like dude like that's not how this works you don't leave me (laughs) to go fuck someone else do it when I don't know about it and it really fucked me up and that was when I was uh, like 20 so I never considered an open relationship until this marriage this 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 the love of my life love at first sight super wounded me being like yeah let's do that (laughs) um and uh and and the whole story of the relationship like he was moving into the house that he'd bought with his wife the night that like the night before (laughs) like the day before the day after we met i was at we were at a party where they were celebrating um that they bought this house and they were moving in the next day and i started like the party started they lived with my good friend i didn't really know him that well the party started with me making out with her and i knew her the, the wife quite well um, and we were just making out, it was sloppy. And then I saw him across the room and I was like, fuck, I've never spoken to him. And we just, our eyes locked, boom. And then we ended up making out. And then I was, then we were like, hmm. I was like, come back to my place. So I took him from his, uh, party to go to my house. We anyway, and then, um, and then he moved into his house the next day with his wife and apparently moved into the second bedroom and that was the start of their breakdown. Now they were in an open relationship, right? but, uh, I broke it apparently. Well, well no, you didn't break no, it. it. It was, it was, yeah. It was I, broken already. And it was sweet. Do exactly. you know those plates that you like touch and they go like, bam, it was just because somebody pre-broke them. It was a pre-broken plate, yeah. this marriage. Exactly. Thank you, Carl. And <laughs> yeah, well it was, it was a messy, it was messy. Anyway, uh, very early on he was like, look, I had an open relationship with with um, Huli. <laughs> What's her name? It's not their name. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had an open relationship with Huli because she cheated on me, basically. And so 
uh, that really hurt. And so we decided to open up the relationship and I don't want that to happen again. And I think we could, we're smart enough. We could do an open relationship. Right. Let's do it. And I was like, boah, this sounds also, it, it was triggered as well. This conversation by the fact that at my birthday party, I started making out with some of my girlfriends. And so then the conversation really started the next day of like, Anna, you're, you know, you like to do this stuff too. Let's, let's make this properly open. The, the, the thing with open relationships that here in Berlin is that it's a lot of um, FOMO. It's what I feel. To totally. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's just like, oh, um, I want to keep my options open. Like, I'm, I'm with you. I like mm -hmm. you. But mm -hmm. something better might appear. Mm -hmm. that's, that's like a general mentality. I think that 2020 has worked a lot with FOMO and a lot of people. Because it's you don't have helped, it's helped a lot yeah. of people. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, yeah. You know, it's like heavy work on your FOMO on yeah. mine at least yeah um uh but I don't know this not debauchery but what was the word that I was using um there's hedonism uh, no. um, this hedonism mm -hmm. this hedonism has nothing to do with the uh, with the ethical non-monogamy because by ethical non-monogamy you have to have a lot of talks oh dude it takes so much work to be it's ethically non-monogamous it's a lot of work oh my and, god and it helps you like confront a lot of things like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna just put a put an example um my my other partner amanda hi amanda <laughs> hey amanda <laughs> um taught me something and hey maria i didn't say hey maria. and maria hey maria <laughs> maria says hi by the way oh, hey, maria. <laughs> and uh, amanda um i told amanda like oh we don't have get to have any any threesomes anymore in this whiny voice <laughs> oh i love it we don't get to have any threesomes anymore you know no, not not her and me but you know like generally and it's like hey uh there's no whining here you know that whining is actually unresolved emotions that you have. You need to better express your emotions. Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of relationship that I really like. It's the one that yeah. confronts you like with your own bullshit. Shit, yeah. Yes. And shit, yeah. And I, I didn't have like, what the fuck do you mean? But uh, I was just like, whoa. It's like somebody putting a mirror in front of you and you're mm -hmm. like, ah looking at that yeah and that's what a that's what a partner should be able to do like uh like support you when you're really like when you're when you're suffering it's like uh they listen and they don't try necessarily problem solve for you they listen first and then when they're acting like when you or the other is acting like a piece of shit they'll they'll put up the mirror and it's not like a you were this and you were this it's like hey this hey. is happening mm, let's use some better strategies yes. here because the communication is yes. actually causing pain but then if you're only for it, only in it for like how much, how much, how many much can push holes, it, how many holes can I fill? <laughs> like if you're in a quota of filling holes or filling this Getting hole, filled. then I mean, it's... I remember, I remember being here in Berlin before I started doing stand up comedy and having a Bumble account where I put on what's your, what, what will be your ideal first date? putting like going to a sauna date because my because I have a large penis and I know that if somebody sees my penis they're gonna go like let's have sex so that was just me like trying to uh, bait people mm -hmm. into having sex and then uh, at some point I went on a date with somebody that I really like mm -hmm. and this person just showed me like you there's something with you fix that find yourself and we find that out found that out on uh, Berlin Offensive. That was my first comedy show that I saw. And I remember that I heckled Francesco. <laughs> really? 
yes. <laughs> and at the end of the show, Francesco told me, like, you think you're smart? Why don't you go to an open mic? Yeah. And oh, Francesco, that's hilarious. Francesco that... told me that. And the person that I was in a, on a date with told me at the end of the day, like, maybe it would be better if we don't see each other oh ever again. <laughs> You're that guy. You're that guy who heckles in the crowd that loses his fuck option by the end of the show. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And that opened... And, that and that's opened, how you started comedy. Man, that opened my eyes and that uh, lifted a, a whole new depression that I was getting here in Berlin, which was, was that I was becoming this party individual, 38-year-old, with no possibility of fulfilling uh, this need of being like in a small community i like in a family environment with somebody building something different mm -hmm. like i thought i'm gonna be the eternal single person who's gonna be like hitting here hitting there mm -hmm. going from serial relationship to serial relationship i i i can't that i i need to connect i need like yeah. I, i had some sort of a need and i was getting to a crisis where i was contemplating suicide and stuff like that mm -hmm. and stand-up comedy really just like i i remember i had um I was on unemployment and I took three months of only doing stand-up comedy. Mm -hmm. Like I took my last three months of unemployment just like doing it every night, like sucking, like bombing, oh, everything, yeah. oh, you know, yeah. and uh, not dating, not going out on anything, not getting late. Comedy is good for not dating. <laughs> Especially when you're beginning. At the beginning, oh, it's yeah, like... because it's just... You wouldn't take anyone to watch. Oh my, my God. My Lord. No. And not only that, but uh, every time that you bomb, people get away from you faster than <laughs> if you had like some sort of play. The humiliation. Ah, oh, it's amazing. It was really difficult because I saw all these beautiful people and people see me and they, I, I, I come across as a little bit creepy because I don't really know how to connect with people. I, I connect with people with the... Uh, with knowledge like like i remember the first time that i tried to explain to you the difference between your vulva and the your first vagina. time we met yeah were you referring to a joke of mine or how did it come up because we were at joke time <clears throat> no you were talking about you were saying something uh, disgusting about your vagina as a joke on the green room um <laughs> that's not and, like me and talking. i think and i think you were referring about the lips uh, about the labia and you say vagina and me trying to be the, the smart ass I told you, I think you mean your vulva and not your vagina. Yeah. And you're talking and like, <laughs> are you trying to explain to me the difference between my vulva and my vagina? And that put me in my place. Oh, I, was so, I was like, are you? And also because I knew, <laughs> I also knew you were Colombian. <laughs> and I was like, is this motherfucking Colombian explaining my anatomy to me? Yes. He can get fucked. I was so not having it. I was not having it. I was oh. like, you have to earn... You, you're gonna now have to earn the the right to, for me to respond to you. <laughs> no, not only not only that, Anna, but um, uh, going through the going through the thing, to going through stand up comedy to to the ropes of stand up comedy really mm. helped me deal a lot with my anxiety, um, mm. and my and right. dealing with my anxiety helped me open up sexually, and like the quality of lovers that I have now are like a result of all the shitty lovers that I had in the past. Man, I would, I'm looking forward to the day when I can say that. <laughs> Comedy has helped with the quality of my lovers. Like, don't know, but to, to be honest, it, it really has. Like, I have no one right now, and that is wonderful. Dude, you just went through four months of abstinence on, yeah. your, own, on, on your own accord, from what I've heard yeah. in your podcast, yeah. which can be an aligned experience, can, can be something that you take as a way to knowing yourself and know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't need this shit. 
which is really important. Totally. And just the number, like this year has been so much about, about me saying no to things that I don't actually want. Me identifying what I want, which is unfortunately often in the negative. No, I don't want that. No, I don't want that. Thank you. But no. And it's been a year of me. Um, yeah, it's funny. Like I'll talk to the boys, uh, and they'll be like, yeah, but you know, you just get some, just get some. And it's like, I want to, I want to respect the person I'm fucking. Cause I don't, if I don't, if I'm not excited about that person, the sex is not going to be good for me. And it's not just because I'm a woman. And so I have this like mysterious orgasm, like orgasm um, process. It's not, it's like, no, no. If I fuck, I want it to be good sex and just fucking anybody who I don't respect or who it doesn't excite me. It's not, it's, it's going to be less than good sex. It's going to be, it's going to be bad sex. I don't want that. So when I told you that my favorite two podcasts were Scott and, Moni is because like the one that I don't count is one with Kate because Kate is very illuminating. You guys touch on that subject mm -hmm. when you were talking about like, I'm not going to go to bed with somebody that I'm like, and these are like purposes and this is things that you put in your head. This is what you feed to your head. And then at some point it becomes just like the law on yourself or it, be, mm -hmm. it becomes like a, a reality. You start attracting different kind of people mm. stand-up comedy became that for me it was a way of like find out something that you really like because i i i think that i was a person that um used to rely a lot on, on my penis doing all the work mm -hmm. sexually mm -hmm. and uh, when it came to like well should we do something i would be like latching like a parasite onto the interests of somebody else and you know and um, in terms of your sexual interactions, <clears throat> well, you would not be only living... that, but afterwards, because uh, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at, um, at satisfying people. I concentrate a lot, and uh, like it really turns me on when I'm satisfying somebody. So, men, um, just any men that are listening, uh, just rewind, listen back to that bit <laughs> again and again. Um, I think you could really benefit. But. Um, there's another, there's another side to that. Yeah. Uh, I've have neglected my own, uh, mm -hmm. satisfaction for a long time. And I have regained that, uh, also through stand-up comedy and through all this process that mm -hmm. started, um, basically since I moved here to Berlin or yeah. since I started coming here to Berlin. Um, I mean, I used to like dabble on sucking cock in Colombia, but it was more like a guilty pleasure. Mm -hmm. I like men, but I find men with their football and their shit pretty boring sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's just like, but women are fascinating. I, let a, I, I have learned so much from all the straight, trans, uh, yeah, uh, all the women that I've dated in my mm -hmm. life. I, I, I've, wow, I've learned so many things. It sounds yeah yeah. I'm sorry. It sounds to me like <clears throat> like you feel about women the way I feel about men. Like I like you you identify as um, as pansexual, right? Like you'll yeah yeah. I don't uh, well. I haven't gone through the whole spectrum of what I like, but mm -hmm. basically you can say that I, I I've taken the road of uh, identifying as pansexual because uh, bisexual just I don't know. It doesn't include other things, but. Now thinking about it, trans men are men and trans women yeah. are women. So yeah, but I guess then there's the non-binary. And <clears throat> so does bisexual include non-binary? Of course. And then there's two spirits. And then there's the Mexican mouche. Oh my God. There's so many. Like that's the thing. Like uh, um, 
society tries to guide you into a binary way of thinking, which in in an extreme can lead you to a depression because you're either on one side of the spectrum or you're on the other side. But if yeah. you're in anywhere in the middle, you're going to go like, I don't fit anywhere. And turns out there's so many bo boxes. Like, yeah. There's so many nuances where you can just like fall or yeah. you can just jump around. Or totally. Do there's so much more freedom than, than we're... Then we just have inherited, like inherited this awareness of like it's it's much greater, and if we can play around with it, that's going to give everyone so much more power. But yeah, binary thinking is so deep, like it goes into everything. But if you can start breaking that, then you also getting more freedom. I, I only came out as non-binary recently, and it was just because I've spent so much time with Maria, and Maria has come out like years before yeah. me and has a has a longer queer experience than me and that has informed my queer experience and how to translate my whole experience through adulthood mm. as a uh, a complete queer life and not mm -hmm. just going like oh no i'm living my queer life now only um, that just the acknowledgement of it is like a new birth Mm -hmm. So yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to capitalize on that by coming out as many times as possible just to enjoy a new adolescence because when you discover yourself sexually like oh my god I it's like achieving new levels on a, on a video game <laughs> and then you get like a new life or getting like a, a like, like a flower in Mario Bro Mario Brothers or getting mm -hmm. like a little star mm -hmm. or something you get like a like a new rush and your my brain has changed more. And I, I think that uh, identifying as, as something uh, and just going like, I don't know, I don't care, just call me whatever, mm -hmm. has helped me a lot with that because I stopped being whatever people want me to be mm -hmm. and I started being more... Who you want to be. Who I want to be. Yeah, there's power in that. I don't... <clears throat> with non-binary, is it... I don't quite understand specifically, and I guess that's a whole political conversation, but is non-binary... Is it really just a... Like, it's not so much to do with biological, like, um, like physical alignment. It's more to do with a... a like an ideology of like... Gender, gender is a social construct. Yeah, gen yeah, but like in terms of like... Um, in terms of like if someone's non-binary that means that they don't want to be considered as female or male Correct. and that, but doesn't necessarily have anything to do with their your physiological orientation or your physiology. Well, yeah, not yet. So like sexual, like sexuality is a separate thing, but like actually they're like, you could be, um, you could have a penis and balls and be non-binary. Uh, yeah. It's and, not and be but, more into the femme spectrum mm -hmm. or be more into the masculine spectrum. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a, uh, People it's more of a are, political stance, right? Oh to say God, that gender I, isn't important. Not only that, but it has helped me psychologically a lot because mm -hmm. I was one of these individuals that thought like, well, if it's not this, then it should be this. And yeah. now every time that I think about that, I go like, ha, that's binary thinking. Yeah, absolutely. There's got to be something else. There's got to be a third way or a fourth way or a fifth way. Always, always question your assumptions and there's always more options than you think. And... I mean, um, I'm not like, oh, yeah, I'm non-binary and it's because I wear women's clothes or no, I'm non-binary because I resist to be put in anything that leads me towards a dead end. Yeah. Leads me towards like, that's it. This is what you are. And the danger in the queer spectrum is that if I identify as something mm. 
what I find is that it might lead to a dead end. It might encapsulate me as this is what you are. It this cuts off options. Yeah. 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 I um so I dated uh, someone that you know as well. I dated someone who's. I'm, gl- uh, I'm happy to hear that they are uh, the she. Now. She's a she now. Yeah. yeah. So um yeah she she's been transitioning. Um but the process of 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 so when we met um she was a was a he and I actually preferred using they as a pronoun for her. Now. <laughs> we're dealing with time and gender oh my god but yeah. see that's i understand why some people might be um up, feel obno- that this is, this is something obnoxious because you know it's it's try and error and it's like for me it became it became fun because uh, i thought that what well, this is nothing that i'm used to using these pronouns and being mindful about people's pronouns yeah I, it happened to me with alex as well yeah I totally her totally many times totally and me too also because alex um has a male stage character and so that Steve. makes it hard because <laughs> yeah so it's so this is a this is a, hi alex hi alex this is uh, a trans friend um and she's a she but she has also a male uh stage character called steve and yeah and so yeah through I think that the main thing with the like people people thinking that it's obnoxious changing your pronoun I think they're just scared of making a mistake and being told that they're doing something wrong. It's totally. like, it's okay if you make mistakes, just totally. the intention just needs to be that you're trying and that you don't disres- disregard it. It's like, if they say, Hey, I'm a they, or Hey, I'm a she, then, and maybe they need to remind you, but just don't intentionally disregard that. Like it's, that's not, that's the only thing. Until, until recently I understood all those uh, quotes that spoke about if you misgender somebody, as apologize and move on don't don't stay there don't turn it into don't turn it into your issue yeah it's got exactly, I, yeah. recently i understood that because what you do is like oh no 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 no. let's talk about me mm. why do i have to like why do I, it's like all right we get it it's difficult yeah but it's a process we are we times are changing it the only constant in nature is change. And the only constant in anything is change. But what does piss me off, like what did piss me off when I was dating um, this she now, uh, I don't uh, I feel, I, I don't know if she's using a different name. I don't think she is. But anyway, let's just call her S. Okay, S. Um, when I was dating S, uh, I found it super, super liberating to be with someone so f- feminine so I was really able there's lots of parts of my character that are very masculine and I really felt myself freeing up to be all those parts like I've grown up with my mom who you know nothing there's nothing malicious in her but she would often like I naturally sit with my legs very far apart and she spent all of my childhood trying to get me to sit with my legs closed (laughs) and I was like what and 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 there's lots of parts of me that are very like a lot of people would be like, oh, Annie, you're not masculine or you're not like a tomboy at all. But there's parts of me that are very, very much like that. And um, even in my kindergarten, I have kids not mistakenly calling me mama. They call me papa, which is interesting. My vibe can be very masculine. And and I, with with S, I was able to really fill in these, these like feel like I could put my feet into those pants and really like do them up and feel like, feel proud that that's just like, that's just me and own it and, and not feel like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not fitting people's expectations of what me as a woman should be. 
But on the flip side, I did get annoyed. I, I for example, with it's not obnoxious this day, whatever, but um, S did tell me off, for example, at times when I'd be like, oh, come on, dude. Oh, come on, man. But I say that to everybody, yeah. regardless of, uh, you know, whatever gender, whatever they want to be, they identify as. And it's like, don't like, if you're going to be that precious, then it becomes like, then it becomes just uncomfortable for everybody. Cause they're scared that they're going to offend you. And, and yeah, and there's so many things that are not malicious or intentional like that. But yeah. I want to get back to yeah, um, <laughs> I want to get back to the um, topic of open relationships. Open relationships. Open relationships require so much more. It's not just going out and fucking around and breaking everybody. Like it requires so many guidelines. So with my ex-husband, the um, guidelines when he um, suggested we have an open relationship, the guidelines that we worked out were very. Like you have to really work out your fucking guidelines. The ir- the irony for me is that I went from Melbourne where I had this open relationship, moved to Berlin, was like, I want basically like what you've got. I want like a nesting partner, but I will never have. And th- th- these were like the words that I'm sure my mom wrote down and like, you know, put somewhere to remind me of my, my foible, like, like that I've, that I've uh, transgressed and like, I'm not doing what I said I would do. But, um, you know, I wanted to only ever have non-monogamous relationships in the future where it's talked about, but where we could build, you know, uh, trust and understanding um, based on the guidelines, based on excellent communication and a sense and always have that sense of freedom, but like uh, sexual experimentation and blah, 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 blah. But then I moved to Berlin and all I managed to find, all the people that I managed to find, um, except for my best friend, who's in an open relationship and we've kind of... um, I've been a third party in that relationship at times. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, but everyone else has been very conservative. And I realized, wow, there are so many people in Berlin that are actually like, there is this subculture of open relationship, experimental, you know, non-monogamy, but there's the majority of people that move here are actually like quite conservative and they haven't had that education. And it's only a small, small little minority. So the guidelines of my open relationship were, we will only fuck, people together uh, in the same room and we would not go off and find and, and have other relationships. Cause I was like that for me, when I'm spending um, time building a loving relationship elsewhere, that means that time is getting taken away from my primary relationship, which, and so this whole love anarchy, it's like, Phew! like, I feel like that would, I feel like that would be it actually um, decentralizes love and uh, mm. uh, takes the, takes the capitalist approach of love as a non-renewable source. This is not my words. This is words mm-hmm. from a study in Sweden, which I really like. Love as a non-renewable resource is what monogamy does. It's what uh, capitalism does with uh, monogamous relationships. Okay, it's yeah. like you can only be this kind of person with your partner. And then open relationships take it like that. Take it like, okay, you're allowed to go and... Put your finger in the cake, taste it, but you're not allowed to take more than one mm-hmm. bite of the cake. And you're not, not allowed to fall in love with somebody else. Yeah, all these rules, right? You like know? this, And it's like, well, hang on a minute. I'm, I'm a human being and I am propensed to like uh, have a connection between my genitals and my emotions. Mm-hmm. And if somebody like shakes my emotion through my genitals in mm-hmm. some way that I'm like confused, I'm like, I want to keep exploring this. Or if I have moments with this person that are like spiritual or 
uh, energetically uh, connected with somebody else? Does that mean that I have to turn my feelings away from that yeah. and not in order, experiment in order that? to protect my primary whatever? Yes. Like I have to. I'm create. I'm closing all these doors or creating all of these like secret codes for all these doors. <laughs> or like if I go certain a certain way, it's like that uh that blows up my my primary relationship like there's just certain yeah things that you can't do so my time with my ex-husband he wasn't particularly um like the reason why i left him was because talking to him about emotional matters was always very problematic uh he had like a very strong um strong uh communication technique built in of attacking um then becoming violent uh, as one of my jokes goes like he never hit me because his aim was so bad um <laughs> he would just throw things um but he was he, he couldn't take any feedback you know he couldn't take any feedback um and if and and he would also be very very um like psychologically abusive like really you know call me stupid call me you know, like name call hardcore name calling very aggressive anyway uh, so obviously, oh, all don't, of- don't just go anyway. That's uh, that you, you're making progress there. Like mm. um, just the acknowledgement that that happened gives you the power to go like uh, this is uh, something that I live. I'm sorry that I yeah, interrupted no, no, you, but cool. no, it's there, there's power in that. There's a there's a yeah. It was um it was a I was really broken when I left him. I um I ended up like running away. Uh, like a, a, a family friend um, met me. She'd just <laughs> left her husband um, and did this sort of running away situation. We met up whilst I was having really hard times um, in my marriage and towards the end. And she gave me a key to her house because my parents had left Australia at that point. They were living, uh, they'd moved to London about a year before that. And my brother lived sort of out in the suburbs. So she gave me a key to her house and said, if you just need to escape, you always can come to my house. And like a week later, I left him. At least you can make jokes about it. Mm. I, I haven't been able to write a joke about my failed marriage. Mm. Here's the thing. And this is something that um, uh, defining myself as non-binary, being in Berlin and stand-up comedy has done for me, has made me realize that being broken, is not, it ain't that bad. Like when you're broken, uh, there's a cliche that says that when you're broken, that's when the light can come through, through the totally. crack. Shatter, shatter my heart to create space for limitless love. And then, and then you, uh, you've been to Japan. Do you know that culture where they repair like porcelain with gold? So, oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. you know, like broken I porcelain. I didn't know it was Japanese, but yeah. I... So you know that broken porcelain gets repaired with gold. So you see where the where the where the breaks. Yes, the, and it's it not like up. Oh, I'm fine. I'm perfect. You don't have to present yourself like that. You've gone through things. Mm. It has processed you, and it has made you the person that you are today. Oh yeah, thank fuck for my asshole ex-husband. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, see? and like I I knew as I was stepping into all of it that like. There was the, like, this wasn't going to be easy, but I was like, I needed to do all of that. And I needed to, yeah, suffer as I suffered or, and, and also, you know, create pain for him as well. And, and all of those things. And then, um, and as I was broke, like the period that I was broken was, you know, I'd moved, I moved straight to Berlin. Like we, I left him, went traveling to figure out where I was going to move to. And then within five months I moved to Berlin 
the week before I left Melbourne, we got back together. I wanted to see him. And then we had these like four days where we were like, we're getting back together. And then he's driving me to the airport. And as he's driving me to the airport, he says, so like you can like case out venues and stuff. Like you could be like my band manager and you could, you know, figure out where we could play. I could bring the band over. (laughs) And I was like, Dude, I'm going to Berlin to find myself, to find my creative... Not to be your bridge. Source, not to be your fucking band manager. You're making it all about you again. Yeah. Um, so but, your, your, your ex-husband? Mm, that was me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> no, I'm, but no, like... <laughs> well, totally. You're saying these things and I'm like, oh my God. And what made me realize that was just listening to my uh, femme or uh, female friends or friends that identify as female uh, heterosexuals who had this like mission of saving lost souls and seeing myself as a lost soul or mm. as somebody who actually just like latch onto somebody else and just like yeah man suck their energy yeah and put myself as a victim as well totally like, oh no why am I dating all these crazy people until the point when you realize like Oh no, you are the crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. You are the one with the problems. Yeah, and you're you're needing to like <laughs> everyone around you. You're just like creating these this the room of mirrors so you can just see yourself. And uh, it was just like it, I felt like, oh my god, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, <know>? right. <laughs> it was a point of break, and it was a moment where I was like, I need to be kinder with other people if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be like building this image like oh sex is the only way to advance uh, or be evolutionary uh, to evolutionate in this plane uh, and i'm gonna have to be respectful to the people that i have sex with yeah and i'm gonna have to like <sighs> honor that and i'm gonna have <laughs> oh to, my god <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah. and this is something that you as a woman uh, well as an identified woman go probably have gone through your whole life like a lot of mm-hmm. men with mommy issues. Oh, and with... so many. There's been some really good guys in my life, <laughs> but a lot of men who have, um, yeah, just sort of, uh, see, uh, yeah, like seen, seen what they like. Well, I think a lot of people do this. They see what they like in someone and then they um, just try to make the rest of it match what they like in that person and deny the rest of who that person is. So what are the, so what are the uh, rules that you like, what are the basic like core rules boom, 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 of your ethical non-monogamy with, with Maria, with Maria and with Amanda? Basically it's a, don't be a dick. Talk about your emotions. Mm-hmm. Tell me, tell me where they know about each other. Going. Yeah, they've met. They've met, and they also they each of them has other um, stable partners or what? Amanda does. Maria is navigating Polly in a different way. She has partners from the from the past, and uh, we 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 have our polycule. Is there? But is there? Is there? Because my so my best friend um, and her boyfriend, they're both totally cis and straight <laughs> well my best friend and i have had sex for sure but we like where i you know i have this joke about um identifying as queer but i'm really just queer if i'm also fucking your boyfriend like i'll, <laughs> you know, like, I'll, I'll eat your pussy but like well, it's not why i'm here you, you, you tend to like a uh, male body individual i people am with penises i am super like it is men like i'm like when i walk on the street I, it's I'm, I'm a predator for men like a predator of men i am predator of men anyway <laughs> it's <laughs> it's men that i am just mm, 
immediately. Women, it's a very, well, very you, rare woman that I will actually will turn date, my head for. Will you date a trans man? Um, so long as there's a penis and so long as there's a well, fair... You know, you know the clitoris is a penis as well, right? Pardon? It's not, a, it's not, it's not one that penetrates me. <laughs> <laughs> right, so it's all about... All right. It's Good. all about me getting filled, okay? Good. <laughs> I need filling, my holes filled, It's Carl. about filling those holes. Fill yes. my holes, Carl. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> it's great that we're going back to the holes. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I need, I need, uh, I need a penis. I absolutely need a penis. And so with S, what about my, a trans my... woman with a penis? Fuck yeah! Good. But but the thing is, a trans woman with a penis needs to. For me, the problem with women, and this is going to sound terrible, but the problem for me with women is, um, women don't intimidate me. And I, for me to be sexually excited, I need to feel and, and intimidated. Like this is a new thing that I've started putting into words. You know, it's, yeah. But like this idea of like. Oh, like, uh, yeah, like there's this intimidation. There's this like chemical uh, difference. And there's this, and so there's this like boundaries, uh, bubbles hitting between us. And that usually happens from a quite, quite a masculine. That said, a lot of my exes have been quite feminine, like have very strong feminine elements to them, but they're still men. Yeah. Men. And and, and S, when S was um, a he, I was really attracted, like I've met S since they are a she and I am less attracted. Like when she doesn't have facial hair, when there's more of a softness to her, I'm like, my vagina is kind of retracting. Right. Like it's not, it's right. not tingling right. in any positive way. Um, and so, yeah, I'm very attracted to someone that's like fucking manly. Yeah. Like I want, I want the dick like that, that vibe. But, you know, I'm into smarter. I'm into I'm into dick as well, but um, I'm not into into people that are dicks. You know, does I don't want. Do, yeah, yeah. Does totally. that make sense? Totally. Because I um, I'm very careful of uh, I'm, I'm I'm opening myself up to anal penetration again. Like basically, mm-hmm. if it's like a cis dude, um, does Maria peg you? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I love how you say that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love you, Maria. Love uh, you, Maria. <laughs> um, yeah, we haven't done that in a while, but we did uh, took advantage of Black Friday and we bought for 30 euros like a whole box full of butt plugs and tails and mm. for for them and for me. Yeah. But, um, uh, Maria is it's very kind. Um I need that because... She's I, very I, kind. Yeah, yeah. I need that because I have a lot of trauma. I, I, I was... I'm, I'm a survivor of, uh, of rape. I'm as a sorry. Chi- I, was, I was abused as a child. Fuck. So, yeah, no, no, no. Don't worry. I, I can talk about that. No. Uh, but um, that's why my relationship with men is so complicated. Like, I'm attracted to men. Mm-hmm. But as soon as they start acting like duty and just mm. like... Mm, Hold on, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. no go. I'll give you a blowjob and you'll be on your way, or just fuck off, go jerk off somewhere else. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. need, I, I need that femininity, I need that fluidity with people, and he has been. I've, I've been looking for a guy to 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 penetrate me, but I can't find the right guy. And so are you like, are you, so when you see men on the street, like they take up, they take your attention. Almost as much as women, or no? Women take more of my like more. Mm-hmm. All right, let's let's differentiate. Like, I mean, when I say women, I mean 
transmit. Uh, but if if we're, yeah, we were talking about uh, yeah, sorry uh, guys, sorry, I'm, I'm AFAB. S- uh, the, the, the term is AFAB, which is assigned female at, at birth. Yeah, so somebody with a vagina. Yeah, somebody with a with a with a with a penis. Well, let's just say someone who's identifying as a woman, no matter like. I like yeah, that. I yeah. like I like women. And that's what you're all, like a bit more drawn to, but men as well. Yes, yeah. um, I haven't found a trans woman that top me or. I haven't dated a trans woman in a while. I think because I keep referring to them as trans women, uh-huh. and I should refer to you them should more just as, refer as women. women. Um, and they feel sometimes like fetishizing. And it's like, um, I'd be so down. Like, um, did you see the Peaches Rub film clip where um, I don't know who the porn star is? She's a famous. She, they, they're a famous porn star. I don't know how they identify, um, but it's um, it's a porn star that uh, has breasts and a penis and very fe- very feminine. But like, uh, so, so I, I, I they I I'll go they. It's usually she. If the if, if, if yeah. Well, I I, I don't assume and I would rather ask. Yeah. But, yeah. Know, exactly. Let's, let's say she for this. Let's like, say she. Let's say she famous. Yeah, she. Okay, she. Famous porn star. One star, yeah. And um, I was like, wow, I like that's definitely. We talked. I talked about this a little bit with Julieta. Bucket list. I asked her, but I think that would. That's kind of on my bucket list. I would like to be with um, a woman with a penis. Oh yeah, yeah. That's. Uh, um, it's <laughs> Just putting a, that out there to the it's world. Such a great, it's such a great. It's, it's such a great sexuality <laughs> because you have to take care of it as if it was. Uh, you have to take care of a woman with different anatomy. That's mm. it. That's all. Yeah. You know, and it's it's such a great sexuality. Like my experience has been, oh my God, it's it's so gentle. It's it's really like heartfelt. You feel connected with the person because um, you have to talk. Mm-hmm. You have to like measure. You have to ask. I mean. You're saying, you're saying sex with. People with trans people, trans, trans people, people and, and in general. To be honest, not... you're putting me off it a lot right now. Like right now, <laughs> this whole like being soft and gentle to me, for me with sex, it's like those are the last, like if I'm in a, in a dynamic, I want me to be the softest and gentlest thing there and I'm not particularly soft and gentle. Well, and... that's the thing. And that's the other part that I really like about my... Like, I'm not rough and aggressive, but it's like, I'm not, I like... It turns me off so fast if I'm the one that's having to take all of the steps, if I'm the one that has to suggest a new position, if I'm the one that has to be like, uh, like, you know, like, like, like fucking. Uh, Anna, but you don't want, you don't want game. the same thing all the time. You want a f- different things sometimes. And sometimes you feel like, no, is that not, or I don't do you know. have like, a, do you have like a cookie cutter, uh, kind of sexuality? Like. This is what works for me. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. It's boom. becoming a bit clearer that I do what I what I really like. I've I've realized it's becoming clearer within within sort of a, a dynamic. There can be role play. There can be other things that happen. But I think the the base the base layer of the um, sexual chemistry and 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 dynamic that I like in in bed is really um, you know like. I'm not this little princess, but I, I need someone who's... who's. Uh... Well, this is where BDSM comes for me, for instance. Mm-hmm. This is... Uh... Good, let's talk about BDSM. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, um, um, BDSM my... stands for what again? The sadomasochism, but BD stands for... Wait, uh, it's sadomasochism, uh, 
Bondage. Bondage. BDSM. It's B. Uh, bondage. Bondage. Dominant. Sadomasochism. Yeah. Bondage. Dominant. So dominant, bondage. Dominance. Bondage. Yeah. Bondage. Dominance. Dominance. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's well. It's not just dominance, but it's also been submissive. It's yeah. Two. So it's kind of like disc, of the disc theory. Coin. Disc theory. Have you seen um, Wonder Woman and Doctor Ma? Doctor Ma. Mars Marston and the Wonder Woman. It's uh, about the guy who wrote Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and he wrote Wonder Woman was always like tied up. All about stuff, BDSM. Like, yeah. All and yeah. this this idea this uh, disc theory was the basis of well Wonder Woman, but also um, BDSM, which is um, it's dominance. Uh, fuck, I forget. I S C submission, coer, um, coercion, and there's another one anyway but anyway so bdsm is bondage dominance uh, i think it's sadomas- sadomasochism or it's uh it's also submissive in masochism yeah 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 but um basically what what i found there is a way of uh treating my trauma induced sexuality and recuperate it and bring yes. it back to myself mm-hmm. and not like what do you want me to be? Which mm-hmm. was my position sexually. Yeah. And mainly it was like, well, you are a guy with a big cock. Fuck the shit out of me, which is something that I enjoyed uh, sure. many times filling those holes. Yeah. But then it was like empty. And I was like, well, who's going to fill my holes? You, well, you filled this. them really well. That's why you were empty. Uh, yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no. And th- the other part is that I had a, I had a weird relationship with my penis as well. I was recently circumcised. So I seem to meet, there's so many <laughs> men in my, uh, atmosphere that have been relatively recently circumcised and that have <laughs> issues with their penises. It's interesting. No, mine was that I couldn't achieve orgasm by penetration. It happened a few times, but it still so you had to rub it out at the end. I have to rub it out on yeah. my own. Like I'm, uh, uh, I, I feel more comfortable yeah. um, just rubbing one out to yeah. achieve an orgasm, and when I'm having sex, I'm just about, you know, tickling somebody from inside of. And it feels good, but it's it's not getting you to the. I point mean, where this year, come. this year was the year where I discovered my dominant side because mm-hmm. I was with a partner that actually uh, requires that, mm-hmm. and I filled the role perfectly because mm-hmm. I came from that experience, mm-hmm. and the fact of the matter is that I usually feel powerless outside in the world because. Mm-hmm. Uh, the universe is chaos and I need order, uh, divorce, family and stuff. So um, this, this scenarios that BDSM allows me to have in play gives me the sense of power yeah. as a dumb. And I'm, and, and, and I'm in a dynamic with somebody who's okay with that. So I'm not like, I'm a dumb and I'm going to have sex with you and I'm going to like just like grab you without your consent no, or something. No, this it's actually some- come from her, and so it's more like you've developed this in conjunction with someone's desire, and so it's not like, yeah, it's a totally different dynamic. So because I'm a sob, because mm. I'm aimed to please, mm. I am good at getting those directions or getting that yeah. screenplay. Yeah. And just like, actually, uh, thanks to this new relationship, I, I wrote my, my sex menu because uh, ah, yeah. they they uh, because she actually had her sex menu and she was like well this sex is my sex menu, menu. Mm-hmm. read it and just tell me what fits and I read it and I was like oh my god I, I I'd like to try all of this well what's your sex menu and that 
prompted me to write my sex menu and just to discover like wow i, I like this and I so like your this. sex menu are the things that you that p people can order from you the or that sex you menu want to is the things that i want to try the things that i have tried so the things that turn me on the things that my boundaries the things that i would not like to do okay you know so it's like a it's, it's like a more like a sex play. manual almost it's like a it's like the the yeah sex like it's an instruction manual like yeah, things so that i you know the buttons that you can push don't don't treat it like this maintenance kind of stuff and what and what that allows you is to have it's less like sexy a, menu sounds a little bit sexier than manual but yeah it's it, and what that allows you it's to jump into play with a foretold story yeah and then once you want to try something you can have that conversation instead of being in a dynamic um of like yeah can you do it more like this can oh. you do it more like this can yeah. you please and say which at some point can be like all right let's stop and let's talk about this on the dry and then on the dry <laughs> <laughs> and then jump back into it because i'm getting out of it because Look, it's the same as when you... No, but it's, it's really great because it, I think the sex menu is a great concept because um, it means that you're not just uh, poking in the dark. Uh, you can actually, you can then be like, hey, do you want to try that thing that I already know you're interested in? Hey, do you want to try this? Hey, I know that you're interested in that. So like, do you want to like, nah, do that? Yeah, it hey, you changes wanna, everything. Do you want to you wanna have like a, a, a variation on this subject? Like, exactly. Oh my God, yeah, let's yeah. do that. Yeah. Can we add carrots to that dish? Or can yes, we do that one without yes. cream? Exactly. <laughs> it's like... It's like it's like giving a blowjob to a dude that keeps telling you like yeah 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 do it like this or less teeth or mm -hmm. less, less. But the thing, but, but, dude make up your mind tell me before and then I'll blow you and then right? I, I can try things. But I feel like those specific things like how you eat someone or how you um, suck someone or lick someone I feel like those things you couldn't necessarily put in a menu or a manual. Those are things that really are like. Those are things that are the sort of more directions. That's, that's like the recipe, right? Whereas like... But you talk about it before you do it. For instance, this is, okay. this is what I like about, uh, about um, vaginas and vulvas, about the whole thing, that there is an anatomy. Uh. There, there are points that you can touch, but there are nuances because not every vagina is the same. Yeah. So you know the... It's you like know. not every penis is the same, man. Like numbers. I'm, yeah. I'm at the point where I get a penis and I'm like, look, I can just go at it. But do you want to like tell me some stuff? Because like I don't want to like it's so much worse if I just start doing something like not like that. But what it's like, oh, OK, like 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 run, run me down. Give me like a, just give me a couple of facts here, like yes, a couple of instructions, exactly. because I'm experienced enough to know that I don't know your penis. Exactly. But yeah. you know a penis. You've seen a penis, oh, but I not know your pe penis. I can I can go for the middle path here. I can go for what I'm pretty sure is going to like, you know, keep you hard whilst you're in my or mouth. You just but go like, do you like this? Is this OK? like more of more of that more, <laughs> like gonna, more of my throat like do you want it deeper oh you want it deeper okay you want it deeper yeah, is it wet know. enough yeah well i i have i have like a gag reflex i can do that but there's a conversation it's a sexy yeah. conversation it's like yeah you, you like it when yeah. i touch this you like when i do this but also and a then, lot of guys are not that comfortable as soon as you start talking they're a bit like oh they clam up as well and i feel like i feel like the next time i fuck i'm gonna be like I want to. I want to start that dialogue in a, well, because it's going to be someone that I fucking respect, and it's going to be someone that I'm excited about. So it's going to be like, all right, so let's like, uh, let's you know, fuck, I'm going to start here, like you know, do a play, like keep it playful and sexy, but like be asking those things. You and know how hot uh, consent talk before yeah. sex is. Uh, well, really, I like to eat pussy like this. I like to play 
not. This is the full play, man. That's great fucking full play. You know what play. I mean? And Get it's your consent fucking... as well. And yeah. you're having a consent talk that is at the same time foreplay. Yeah. Yeah, it was like Julieta and I talking about yeah, our, our, like, what was it? Our pussy, our pussy, no, I forget it. Our sex, our YouTube tutorial, basically, of how our vagina works. But I... <laughs> oh my God, that's genius. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I remember this that. Pri- yeah. This private listing. Look, if we're going to fuck, I'm going to send you my manual. <laughs> and then it's like me, like, showing. Yeah, instead of a sex manual, just like a, hi, uh, you've reached the YouTube tutorial to my vagina. <laughs> you are one small step away from getting to fuck this. So let's just quickly run through how it works. That would be like a like, that would be like a video thing with a with a, with a password. And yeah. Stuff. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. Oh my god. And Have like, you seen that Isabella Rossellini um, green porn not. collection of it? Oh, you have to see it. Isabella Rossellini. Isabella Rossellini has green porn. She she does these things with puppets and like. Uh, soon vaginas and she explains the whole anatomy oh that's i think what julieta was referencing talking about puppets and i was like "Mm -mm, no 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 men are gonna get confused by that (laughs) (laughs) yes it has to be something with trucks or football no no you just need to be very very direct you know camera it's like hey boys not boys hey next sexual partner and then camera down to my vagina and then pulling it apart and showing them where to here, go right here and maybe like some motions and maybe yeah. like uh, get a tomato and show like how much pressure do i want on my clit and things like that um because what they don't explain to you when they talk about the camera sutra and all these books about how to how to make somebody squared or how to this like mm-hmm. is that not everybody's a squitter yeah. and everybody can squirt, but on their own terms. And your inability to make somebody squirt doesn't mean that you're a less or better or worse lover. It just means that this person needs something different. They probably need Is different squirting pressure. the end game? No, no, no. But uh, just to put like a okay. like, like, an, know, example. like an example, like mm. something that men have. Because I've never squirted. Because I've heard a lot of guys coming to friends of mine and like, you know what? It's going to be so good. I'm going to make you square. It's like, dude, first of all, uh, I don't want to have to clean that up, man. Like it's a lot of, of extra do you, fluid. Do you even have enough sheets in your house or even towels <laughs> to put on my, on your bed? If you're Are you make ready me for this tsunami? I don't think so. You don't want to make me square. Do you? <laughs> no, but you know, that kind of feels like I'm going to make you come or the, did you come? conversations like mm. if you are not paying attention doing sex and you don't know don't don't ask doing well, sex after you do like did you come it's like no i mean it just well i i like like when i'm been in relationships i'll ask the if i'm not sure like if i if i'm not sure if i'm not sure like like i had a a, a partner and we would fuck and he would he would he had great great um what's the word uh endurance and we would fucking, I would come and then I'd be like, did you come? And he'd be like, nah, just give me, just give me like, can you, can you like, uh, can we go again in like five? And I was like, I'd be like, like we can keep, we can just, yeah, give me five. And then, and then we'd keep going and like, and, but I wouldn't, you know, cause when I would come, I wouldn't be sure if he was also, I don't know. I don't know. Like sometimes guys come real quick and it's yeah. not like, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just because it's, it's just because of my inability that I, uh, ah, so you, that for I made you, that's, it. that's a trigger for you. It's like, fuck, what? do I have to come for you to be happy? I, that's one of the first yeah. thing that I, uh, that I talk about. It's like, mm. do you have a semen fetish or do you need to see semen in order to feel satisfied? And if the answer is yes, I go like, well, 
I might not be able to perform up to your expectations. But if you want to get rail or if you want to play around or you want to this and if you want to come, right. then I'm your person. But if you want to see semen, if you're like, all right, I come, now it's your turn. Yeah. And I'm not here for that. And uh, this is the great thing about finding other lovers that resonate with me or people that are actually gentle in that manner. Mm. Like, no, we don't need to. Other kinds of sexuality, other, other kinds of approaching mm. uh, sexuality, because not everybody is on the end game of coming. People have also traumas and mm. they might approach things like, stop, this is triggering me or this is thing. And, and that's another way of approaching it. And then mm. it might be like, ram me now or rail me or, but um, my end game has never been like, oh, I have to like come or, um, that's why I'm more playful when I'm penetrating. I'm just mm -hmm. like uh, this and that. And it's like not a regular rhythm of like, which can be boring, but it's not like I have never come. It's, there are moments when it's like, oh my God, it's out of my control. And it's, a, and it's a thing about control. If I am willing to give control to somebody else, but mm. since what I told you, mm -hmm. uh, divorced parents, having a sense of control, I have the control. And, it has been like my challenge or my thing to actually relinquish control to somebody else. Yeah. To give more of myself. And I have had such understanding partners that are not like, man, I'm really sad that you're not able to come with me. And it's like, no. And I have, I have taken, yeah, I have yeah. taken approaches to that. Like I have like, all right, then um, I realized that my foreskin was too tight and I wasn't getting the, proper stimulation in the point uh -huh, so, uh -huh. so that's why you gone. had a later in life circumcision yes and then, and then it turned out like oh actually yes it's more sensible but at the same time i really enjoy my sexual my, my sexuality the way it was yeah like i'm 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 a i'm a daddy in that moment when i'm like a dumb yeah like no it's not about it's not about me coming it's about me punishing you with pleasure what do you like <laughs> You it's know, about you like me to be punishing you with pleasure. Like that's my dumb side. My in my yeah. sobby side is like, like, use me, call me a little bitch. To get, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, there's some there's some interesting um, dichotomies. Although you know, it, we don't want to be binary. Like it's it's, it's bigger <laughs> than that. Uh, there's some grays and some other elements too. Oh it. yeah. But yeah. you mentioned this thing of like you feel quite um, powerless in your day to day life, like day to day life, and so taking on that dumb role. It's like I've realized recently, like, that's exactly why I am actually quite submissive I, and realizing that I'm quite submissive. Yeah, like with yeah. my ex-husband, I would um, he'd be like, I want you to dominate. I want you to like, you know, see these like five girls like I want you to well, five girls. Maybe we had like four. I can be quite I am quite a dominant person in general. And so in, in a sexual situation, I can like. You know, I can manage people. I can get people to do, you know. You need somebody to boss you around as well. But like, yeah, exactly. So when it actually comes to what I want in a sexual dynamic, I, I've realized only, only this year that, holy shit, I actually, that's what I want. And that's often why I think I've been attracted to, for a while, these, these strong seeming characters and a lot of fucking Latinos 
um, that you know, strength is often not strength. It's often like masquerading. You know, they're pretending to be strong when really they're mm. like narcissistic, weak pieces of shit. But yeah. uh, not all of them. But you know, no, but yeah, but uh, but yeah. <laughs> but realizing that I, I have been I've been attracted to that um, model of a person because of my uh, desire for that dominance. And so with my ex-husband, for example, in our open relationship, I had no interest in organizing the sexual experiences that we'd have. He could do all the admin. I wanted to have nothing to do with it. And in a similar way, when we're actually in the in the foursome or fivesome, whatever settings, like whatever, group sex settings, uh, it was often like, you know, I could go with the flow, whatever, but it was like, I'm here to fuck, but I'm not going to have, like, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to be I'm not going to have an organizational role in this. No, exactly. And, like, I can, I can, I can sort of do that, but when it comes I to sex. I can bring chips, I can bring water, but. Although, like, I can be flex, I can get my leg over my head and I can, like, get that dick in my mouth. And I can do that if you want. No, the leg over my head, not really. But um, I can, like, I can be that person, but I'm not going to be the one to get it to that point of happening and like I want someone else to be being like hey like do this hey like you know and I'll be like okay cool and then like I can I can be there but I I definitely I realized and I always thought I wasn't I'm actually quite submissive what uh, this relationship has allowed me where somebody has told me you have to assume a dumb position mm. is to assert myself or somebody who's knowledgeable knowledgeable on on sex matters mm. who knows what's better for somebody else who's who's kind enough to be a dumb yeah. you know because being a dumb yeah. is not just like well, bossing somebody and that's, around and that's the thing that's the thing kind enough to be a dumb like now that i've realized that i i wanted i need a dumb it's very hard to find you know after after a session with a dumb you need aftercare it the dumb and the sub because mm. imagine if you like to be spank or tied up or something That takes a lot of energy and you can just have somebody like a friend of mine had that tells you, uh, uh, yeah, I'm a dumb and I'm into roping and they take you home and they have yeah. nylon ropes to tie you up, which no. might like break your, yeah, no, no. do you know what I mean? Yeah. And no. then, and then being finished with you and just throwing you on the bed and leaving you there without you having build that scenario yeah no no and no even like if that's you, yeah no like, even if you build that scenario where you tell the person leave me lying down cover on calm you have to check up with your person yeah, do no. the aftercare which yeah, yeah, is yeah. work as well yeah no, honestly what you've just described is absolutely not what i want and the thing is i'm so dominant i'm such a dumb like i'm not so fucking dominant like i'm a empathetic um considered person <laughs> <laughs> in my normal life. Yeah, well, well But, let me ask you something. Are there pancakes after you were dominant with somebody? Are there, are there pancakes? Were there pancakes? Uh, are are they, there pancakes? Uh, uh, well, what I mean oh, with other pancakes. Oh, it's a little breakfast. Yeah, would you like cook for somebody else after you treat them like, yeah, just my little bitch and you're like this? Yeah, the thing is, I don't want that. Like, when I talk about, <laughs> I don't want that at all. When I talk about wanting someone dominant, it's like, I, I am like, I, as a personality, I am very like, I realize I'm, I'm big and I'll push and I need someone to push me back. But when it comes to actually in the bedroom, I don't want them to treat me like, like uh, me wanting a dom is not, I want to be, I want to be used. I want to feel like I've been used or that I want to feel small in any way. No, but I want someone to take control 
or show initiative or, you know, I want that, but I'm not interested in the me in this, in this gross submission like that. Yes. I'm not interested. Oh in. uh, yeah. Well, so it's like, it's like a, it's like a, it's a mild submissive, um, element in me, I know, I know but enough for me to be frustrated by a lot of my sexual experiences. So yeah, for me, um, the discovery that I made is about spanking, for instance, that I enjoy. Spanking's great. I, I enjoy spanking people. In, uh, like giving and receiving. I find both extremely hard. Both. both, and it's the way that I've been practicing it. What I learned this year was that a spanking is very therapeutic if you do it right. Yeah. Uh, you got to like, spank right. Like there's like, you really got to know how to spank. Bank. It depends if somebody wants to be punished or if they just want to be like beaten. And Jesus. The, the therapeutic beatings are a thing. Yeah. Like you can actually like release stress. Yeah. And what most people That's like a yeah, it's like a, an intense acupuncture. What, what 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 I didn't know is that I hold so much stress on my butt until Maria and Maria started massaging my legs and I realized that I had so much stress on my left leg, uh-huh. on my, on my, on my um, what's this called? Calf. On calf. my calf. Um, and then on my ass as well. Mm-hmm. And then getting spanked. But the way, but the way that I learned to, to get spanked and having... So I'm like, just like, I am, I am so looking forward to when I can have sex with someone I like. Oh my God. Ah, ah. I had such a frustrated moment yesterday. I was just like, fuck, I am. It's been so long since I've look, had by the way, sex con- with someone that's a good idea for me. Congratulations on your year of sobriety. Thank you. Yeah, tomorrow well. it's yeah, a year. Yeah, it's going to be tomorrow a year. And then you have like a new perspective on yourself. You have like a new uh, set of uh of of clean rooms in your in, in your life yes you can start my my body food. is a house and it's and i've realized that metaphor is so like the psyche is a, a house right that's the house is the metaphor for the psyche right but my body it's like now my body i really i keep it i keep it very clean i you know i'll sometimes have a party you know and from next year i'll sometimes have a party but it's like i'm not gonna be drinking every night at home i'm not gonna drink it like I, i'm not gonna drink anymore that, yeah. that, that's something that I've decided or smoke weed but like um, and but it's also like I am careful who I invite into my house I think lockdown has shown that as well it's like you're more careful with who you have come to your home being sober for a year people are like oh wow but it's like yeah I, and I never thought I had a problem with alcohol or weed like I managed those things really well I could do everything I wanted to I never lost a job I never lost an opportunity that I'm aware of right. I had lots of relationships everything was you know but you don't realize how much of a, a, a mechanism it is for you to, to change your perspective so that you can deal with your emotions. So you can distract yourself a little bit. You don't realize that it's a distraction. You think you're just, uh, you're just like sort of shaking up your perspective and you're changing your body. Whenever you're changing the makeup of your body, you're able to shake up your perspective. Is it the worst thing ever? No, but to be dependent on that, not, and you don't admit it, like I wasn't admitting it. But anyway... Not having those things that shake up my perspective, man, I cleaned my house this year. Like I've like, I wouldn't, you know, I haven't finished all of my personal therapy with myself, but I have looked at my, um, at my, you know, history in relationships at my pain, you know, being alone. And like, I've been single for most of this year. And this is the longest I've been single, uh, since I moved to Berlin and not having anybody 
that loves you uh, and not having any of those old, you know, habits of like, ah, oh, a cigarette or a joint or a drink. And like the hard drugs are something that I left a long time ago, but just not having any of those things, holy shit, like, you know, I've been questioning the, the, the need of relationship, of love, of like, of these expectations in my mind. And, and in terms of, yeah, going back to the monogamy thing, like I settled on this idea since I've been in Berlin that just for the ease of it, that I, and I'm not, I'm not close to anything. Like I'm so like not close to anything in my future, but really my perspective, my outlook now is that the next relationship that I have will be one where I can have a baby eventually. And I'm not in any position right now. And I want to make a break in comedy before I do that. Uh, that's to say that I want to be making some regular money somehow. That's not like open mic that I'm like being yeah. booked, but like comedy is a proper source of income and I've broken through that next, next level with comedy. And then it's only after that, that I will consider, uh, you know, getting pregnant, but it's like finding someone that's a decent father. That's always been the issue. Yeah. But yeah, so my next relationship I would, I, in my head is someone that I would have a child with. And that I would probably be monogamous with that. I would be the, the starting assumption would be monogamy simply because it's easier. Well, Maria and I are having a baby, as you know. Yeah. And we're approaching it uh, from the poly non-binary uh, perspective. I am a, I am a person ridden with PTSD mm -hmm. and I had problems with alcohol in my past I abuse uh, weed as well. Mm -hmm. Now I have um, a relationship with drugs that shows me that I have that in my in my box mm -hmm. and I can use it. Mm -hmm. But I'm working towards because I <clears throat> my my theory is that every time that I take psychedelics, uh, there's a new character that arises called Jeffrey, and Jeffrey is a kind individual, and Jeffrey is a is the life of the party, and Je Jeffrey is gentle and it's uh courteous and it's very open mm -hmm. and there's no like neurosis with jeffrey but mm -hmm. carl is a very neurotic individual mm -hmm. so what i want to bring to this because uh let's face it uh, no matter how much i tell myself and how many books i read uh, i'm never going to be a, uh, ready to be a parent yeah and, no and the challenge is going to be being a parent outside of the uh standards yeah. of family that there very is very interesting and this is what i found in maria maria had that wish as well mm -hmm. they were gonna buy sperm or something they were gonna get mm -hmm. they were set on having a child i was set on having a child we yeah. came together and we talked about this and we met each other and we realized this is somebody that I, or i realized mm -hmm. this is somebody i want to spend the rest of my life with no matter if it's as a friend or something, yeah. because when you have children with somebody else, you are going to be with them forever. forever. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's it. And this is why I am so glad that I have never been even pregnant because none of the people are people that I think should be, should be parents. Imagine, <laughs> imagine talking about kindergarten things with somebody you cannot get oh, an agreement just, with. Just, 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 just uh usually that person is already someone that you think hmm the way they're like okay all my exes could be good good fathers right but how they dealt with me to me reflected that they might not be able to prioritize a child the way that i i want 
a father to be able to prioritize a child. Like I want, yeah. And, um, and this, this idea of, yeah, I've been thinking more, you know, we should talk less about having children and more about reproducing because it's not about having a child. It's reproducing your genes and most likely your trauma. And how are you going to make that better? Oh, I'm going to have a baby. No, you're reproducing you, you and that guy. Is that a good idea? Like reproducing that? Do you know, do you know that genetic material regenerates every seven years and your genetic material now is a product of, who you are in this is a photograph of who you are in this moment. I'm so glad that I'm having children at, at, at age 40 and not when I was 20. Right. You know, the kind of person that I was when I was 20 is not the person that I am today. Um, same for Maria. And I'm glad that I'm uh, mixing my genetic information with this beautiful <sighs> being that is like uh, we have our issues. We have our, we have our troubles, but we 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 talk we have talks sometimes they're not nice but we talk yeah and then we achieve consensus and as hard as it is for me sometimes to achieve uh, consensus and as hard-headed as i am with maria sometimes hi maria <laughs> i i love them because maria is the person that is uh, is able to call me on my bullshit as well yeah because they go hey you know you're saying that you want to be this, but the truth is you react like this to this. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. And, and, that's, and that's what you want to, for a parent, a co-parent. You want someone who's going to call you on your bullshit, you know, and you want and you want to be able to do the same for them. And you want it to be this empathetic, caring. We talk through stuff till it's resolved. That's what you need. If you're going to have if you're going to parent something, some uh, uh, another human to. Yeah, fuck. No, not only that, but at the same time, it's somebody who you can like get to an agreement in front of the child, so the child sees some kind of unity and a respect. And if you and don't respect. agree with it, you talk about it on uh, behind closed doors or somewhere else. But you, and not somebody who's gonna go like, no, 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 that thing that mommy or that papi just say oh, as bullshit, no, 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 which is confusing for it's a child. So, yeah, we're gonna have a, a trilingual household. Yeah. And that's going to bring a lot of advantages to Fuck each yeah. child. Spanish, English, and German. That's great. So that's going to be like something that my child is going to profit from. And I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm actually, that fills me with a little bit of, That's okay. wonderful. No, it's, yeah. It's <laughs> going to be more than okay. Oh, yes, yes. Thank you for telling me that. It's going to be fucking wonderful. I'm so excited about your child coming into the world. I am excited as when is, well. When is, when is, May. when are they due? May. Like, May. like <laughs> May the 4th. Yes, may the fourth be with us. Oh my goodness, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so let's wrap this bad boy up, Ooh. bad non-binary up. Um, Would <laughs> uh, do you have anything you would like to plug? I'm I'm gonna be uh, lying on my couch and uh, eating a lot of bone broth. Uh, if you guys feel like having some bone broth. Hit me up on Instagram. I'll at Carlmedy. It's like comedy, but with Carl. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hit me up if you need some broth, or if you want to talk about recipes, or if you want to uh, have some uh, advice on how to better spank your partner, or how. To I be... have actually YouTubed uh, like how to spank properly, and I was like, yeah, I knew all of that. Uh, you know fingertips baby fingertips get the angle right yeah no not only that but like uh you can actually use your 
uh, actually like a like a fist. If you if you spank with a fist, it's hit me up on Instagram. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can just send me some videos, guys. Yes, I you will. Can send me I will. Some videos. I will. I will. Amazing. <laughs> well, I'll plug myself, uh, Anna Barros on YouTube, Anna Barros comedian on Facebook, and AF Barros on Instagram. Uh, that has been adults only comedy. Goodbye. Ciao.